Hey there, listeners. In a recent class, I was asked by a young lady, Todd, with so much going on right now between training and family, selling, my inbox, my leader, how am I supposed to get all the things done? And don't you just feel like that's been the theme of 2020 so far? Everything is happening all at once, more than it usually does. 2020 started in a way with so much more pressure and so much more happening. How are we supposed to get everything done? Now, for some of you, 2020 has started in a great way, and I am pumped for all of you. Building off of the last two podcasts that we launched around starting the year off right, setting simple goals. Now, as we're working towards those goals, how are you doing with them? How are you doing getting all the things done? Or really, what we're going to talk about in this podcast, how are you doing getting the right things done? Now, this podcast is going to be broken apart into different sections, three different sections where we break down the topic into subtopics. So you'll be able to pause and continue whenever it is that you need to. Or if you want to come back and listen to this later, that will make it easy for you as well. Last but not least, I will challenge you, listen to this podcast with your team. Fast forward past all this introduction stuff, get to the content and listen to it with your team because this is a tool that will one, increase your own personal productivity, two, increase the productivity of the team you're working on, and three, if you spread it enough, it can increase the productivity of your organization. Now, these questions sparked happiness for me because it's, it's a conversation I love having. How do we get all the things done? All of us on this earth are always trying to be more productive. Now, at my previous career, Academy Sports and Outdoors, I, I had a chance to teach a class on being extraordinarily productive. And it was by a group called Franklin Covey, great personal development organization. And I highly recommend that class if your organization can can hire them or can do it or for you you can go buy the book five choices to extraordinary productivity and it's all really really great content now in that class we spent time defining what does it mean to be productive and like i said this is a conversation i love having it's become a passion of mine now, I appreciate the opportunity to teach and learn the class to give me a new outlook, but it didn't derive from Franklin Covey. Now, what I mean it didn't derive from Franklin Covey, that the class did come from Franklin Covey, but the topic we're going to talk about today came from one of our greatest presidents, Dwight Eisenhower. Now, giving the credit to him, Dwight D. Eisenhower he had a lot of decisions that he had to make, and he came up with a better way to look at productivity, and most importantly, how to be better at getting the right things done. So team, what we're going to walk through, and I'm going to ask you to listen with an open mind. So before you go into saying, that won't work for me, oh, well, Todd, I understand that, but that doesn't fit my life. Todd, I hear you, but it would never happen where I work. That won't fit our culture. Take time to 
truly open yourself to the idea, receive it, and then go on the journey with me of how you can apply it. Stop, pause, rewind as much as you need to. We're going to go through this podcast so you have the tools to get the right things done. So without further ado, let's get into section one. What is productivity? Here's the definition on merriamwebster.com. Definition of productivity. The quality or state of being productive. And if we quick and look into productive, having the quality or power of producing, especially in abundance. There's our definitions per the dictionary. Now, what is our normal perception? Well, our perception is get all the things done. He or she that can do the most things in a certain amount of time is the most productive. That must make you the best. I think this is where we're going wrong. In fact, I know this is where we're going wrong. That perception of productivity had its time and its place, and there will still be some jobs or some projects where it it may have its place here and now. But here's a better way of looking at productivity. And here's the way I want us to start shifting our perceptions of productivity. Get the right things done. When you focus on what's right, or as we'll classify here in a little bit, the important things, here are three benefits that you will get when you shift your mindset. Number one, you get the greatest return on investment. The most important things are that for a reason. They will generate a great return on what you invested, whether it's personal development, handling a client issue, or finalizing a top priority report. All of these truly important things will generate a return that sparks value and worth inside of you. Number two, it makes you feel better. The last piece that I just said, when you focus on the right things, you will generate a better feeling because you truly accomplished worthwhile work. Now, I'm not here to say less important things are bad and all are not worthwhile work. Let's just look at it this way for a minute. Have you ever done so many unimportant tasks all day long? You got them all done. You end the day as the best task master there is, but when you go home, you can't really remember what you did other than you were just really busy. Like, I, I know I did a lot of stuff. I was super busy. I just don't remember what it was. Now, think of the last time you made a breakthrough. You spent all day on that one presentation and go home feeling like you did something you want to share with other people. Getting the important things done makes you feel better. Lastly, the third benefit, you find what non-important things, the unimportant tasks and, and objects and whatever it is, well, they eventually stop pulling for your attention. And when they stop pulling for our attention, when we put them where they're supposed to be, it frees up our minds and our focus and our energies to doing things better. So team, listeners, this is the first major step. 
if you don't work beyond this perception and know what situation calls for which productivity outlook, getting the right things done or getting all the things done, well, then we will always be slaves to emergencies, urgencies, and we'll burn out. So section one, we need to change our perception of productivity from getting all the things done to getting the right things done. Okay, onward to section two, the decision matrix. In the Franklin Covey class I mentioned earlier, they call this the time matrix. Eisenhower called it his decision matrix. So we're going to move forward calling it the decision matrix for this podcast. If you're listening to this while commuting or you are driving or walking, be sure that you drive, walk, or run, or whatever it is you're doing, safely. Safety is always number one. You can picture everything I'm about to tell you in your head. Then when you're free and you can grab pen and paper in a safe way, then go back, listen to just this section, draw it out, and do it as we're talking about it. Now, for the rest of us, or for those of you who were commuting and you're listening back again, Here's what I need you to do. Grab pen or pencil or marker, flip chart, paper, something to write with and something to write on that is appropriate. And where you have some blank space, this is what I want you to do. I want you to draw a vertical line a couple of inches long, maybe more than 10 centimeters, you know, maybe 20, 30 centimeters long, or, you know, give it a good six to 10 inches long. Then I want you to draw a horizontal line, the same length, intersecting the vertical line, middle to middle. So it creates a cross with four quadrants. We're going to use two classification terms that will be the basis of all language around this matrix, philosophy, and personal or team communication. And here are those two classification terms, important and urgent. The first one, important. You really have to use your thinking, feeling, and outward-looking brains to discern, not just gut react to what is truly important to you. I'm really asking you to use discernment using insight and understanding, not just make a gut reaction. There are many ways to classify something as important or not. And here's my trick. Is it really important? Not a lot, but actually important? Or am I perceiving importance? I look at connecting what's important to my goals, relationships, company priorities, values, beliefs, maybe the critical path on a project, et cetera, et cetera. If it does not clearly connect to what I just listed, it's not important. When you look at your tasks or projects in this light, it changes your direction of where you want to go. Important tasks for me can include anything from writing the next podcast episode, brushing my teeth, Yes, I said it. I don't want a funky mouth when I grow up. 
Plus, my wife won't let me get anywhere near her if I don't. See, that it connects to relationships. So yes, brushing my teeth is important. Creating student tools to expand I speak support of your improvement, things like shortcut cards, presentation planners, the podcast, all the way to putting FaceTime or shooting a quick text to my mom. So what I need you to do, define your important. Change the way you view productivity and accomplishment with what's important. Now we get to that second classification term, urgent. Yes, Timing is a factor when it comes to getting things done. We, we can't go beyond that. Here's a simple way to look at it. Is it urgent? Yes or no? Now, I'm only 31 years old at the time of this recording. I bring this up because I have yet to live a full and lush experience life. What I have learned is by your mid-20s, well, heck, maybe depending on your upbringing very much earlier in your teens, you should know how to define what is urgent and what is not. I've had some great leaders in my time help me with this, ranging from my parents to Boy Scout, Scoutmasters, to my first really great leader, and his name was Ryan Campbell, who I worked for at a shoe store in the mall called Journeys. I can distinctly remember Ryan telling me, he would say, Todd, okay, he wouldn't call me Todd. He called me Tater. That was my nickname there, like a Tater Tot. He'd say, Tater, that can wait till later. Now, conversations like that with Ryan, I have those same conversations with my wife, and all of these great leaders have conditioned my brain on what's urgent versus what's not. Does it need to be done now, or can it wait for later? That brings us to our next step of section two. We've defined our two classification terms, urgent and important. Now we need to match them up with the four quadrants I had you draw just a little bit ago. Now let's start with the top left. The top left quadrant, I want you to write down important and urgent. I want you to write both of those in that quadrant. This quadrant gets both classification. These items, whatever it is you put into this quadrant, we'll say Q1, these are going to be items or tasks that fit both classifications very clearly. They are both important and urgent. These will eventually be the things you do first in most given situation. Now, be careful not to fill this quadrant up too much. It is very easy to think everything is both, and it's very easy to have others tell you that everything is both urgent and important. Here's a life secret that is guaranteed to make you live a better life. Not everything is important and urgent. One of my favorite quotes comes from Patrick Lencioni, who created the Five Dysfunctions of a Team, another really great book and class that you can take. Patrick said, if everything is important, then nothing is important. 
So team, if you fill this quadrant up to the very, very top, I want you to step back, reflect, and answer the important and urgent questions again. If everything is in this quadrant, everything, well, I bet you lied to yourself somewhere along the way. All right, let's go to the next quadrant. We are going to go in a counterclockwise fashion. We're going to do the bottom left. Here's what I want you to write down. Urgent, not important. This is the quadrant of distraction. If you want to write down that word also, uh, this could be also Q3. This is going to be the third quadrant. I know it's the second one we're talking about, but when we look at the whole thing when we're done, you'll see why it's quadrant three. So this quadrant, it's the urgent but not important. These are items that need to be done quickly, but they are not important to you. Notice the language I just used here. Not important to you. This is the quadrant of other people. These are the random tasks or reports your boss or your client wants you to do and you don't see a need or reason why. That's because it's important to them and not to you. This is another quadrant that can change how you look at the world. Seeing that all of these items are distractions helps your mind's eye see more clearly on when to do these. The caution for this quadrant, it is easy to skip these or only live in this quadrant. We want to help as many people as we can. That is human nature. And yes, I understand there is a spectrum of how much you do this versus only looking out for numero uno, you know, yourself. But with this in mind, many of us get overwhelmed trying to do all these things all the time. On the other side of the spectrum, as, as mentioned before, some of us always and actively stay away from these because we only care about ourselves. A good way to help with the items you place in this quadrant is getting deadlines from the person asking you. And if you can, estimated outcomes of your work. This will help navigate what you tackle first. So bottom left, urgent, not important, quadrant of distraction. Let's, let's scoot our way over to the right, to the bottom right quadrant. Here's what I want you to write down. Not urgent, not important. This is the quadrant of waste. Leveraging the classification system of urgent and important you will have a new way to identify the clutter or waste in your life. Now, here's the caution. It's hard to put things here sometimes, as we know, it's the quadrant of waste. Don't look at that word. Look at not urgent, not important, and trust in that. You will be able to justify and decide more clearly rather than remaining too emotional with your connection to it. Here's a second caution, spending too much time here. The goal really is to spend as little, if not any time at all, in this quadrant. Some people and teachers will tell you, 
TV, streaming movies, video games, social media should all live here. They should only if one thing happens. Here's the only way I agree with that. And that's if you do these things too long. If you are excessively binge watching or scrolling through social media, then yeah, it's waste. But there's a key word there, excessive, too much. Let's go to the last quadrant, top right. And by the way, that waste quadrant, that is quadrant number four. So we're going up, we're going to the last one we have not written in. That should be the top right quadrant. It is Q2. I want you to write down important, not urgent. I like to call this quadrant the quadrant of being accomplished or just accomplishment. That's what I like to label this one. Meaning both doing things with the highest ROI and the highest good feelings. These are the things that matter greatly and are not due quickly. And you can spend your best efforts on these items. These should be things that connect to what matters most to you. This is where we should be spending most of our time. The caution, we just don't spend enough time here. Now, the challenge with this system, we spend way too much time in the urgent quadrants and we feel burnt out too much, thus preventing having the will, the motivation, or dedication to accomplish what is in that top right quadrant of important and not urgent, the accomplished quadrant. So here's the goal. Team, this is what it comes down to. Use this matrix to better classify what we do with our time and attention. Those are two resources we as humans have. We spend and we never get back. So we need to use the matrix to classify better, shrink how much we put in and work in the two quadrants of urgencies. That's quadrant one, top left, quadrant three, bottom left. We need to reduce the lowest level possible or cut out completely the things in the waste quadrant. Then we get to expand what we put into and what we get done from the accomplished quadrant, that Q2 quadrant. So it can be as big and worthwhile as possible. This is why this works so well. You're not just getting everything done. You're getting the right things done because as you focus your time and attention, even if it is on quadrant one, important and urgent, and you focus on quadrant two, important but not urgent, you may find you don't have enough time in the day to even look at quadrant three or quadrant four. You may not get to those things and you will find that that is okay because they were not important. Listeners, we're on to section three. Thank you for hanging with me so far in this. I really appreciate your guys' time and attention. Section three, this is where we now start putting all of these pieces into place. We need to build a culture. So what do I mean by culture? What is a culture? Well, it's how we work and communicate with ourselves, 
and with those around us. So first, let's look at ourselves. Building a culture within ourselves. Use this system. Use the matrix. Talk to yourself in these terms. Retrain your brain. And I promise you, if you retrain your brain using this matrix, you will think better, faster, and more clearly. Plus, you'll feel really good not being burnt out all of the time and accomplishing great achievements. Next, we need to build another culture. Now, this is not the culture with our teams first. First, you have to build a culture with your leader. So this is the next step. First, build it with yourself. Next, with your leader. Sit down with your boss or your leader and talk about what you just learned, what you heard, and start practicing. I, Guys, I will admit, team, I will admit, I know this one can be difficult if your leader doesn't understand or is giving everything to you as both urgent and important. All the more reason to have this conversation. Have a one-on-one talking about how you would like to try this method to be more productive as a team member and in your relationship with your leader. Lastly, now that we've got ourselves speaking in this language and using it, now that we've got our leader on board with helping us be more productive, now we hit our team. This would be great to either listen with your team or start this practice together, or maybe you teach it to them. In your next team meeting, here's what you can do. Get to the whiteboard or or use a flip chart easel, whatever works for you. Maybe a virtual whiteboard if you're using a virtual platform, your remote. Draw the cross, draw the two lines, create the quadrant, and explain to them important versus urgent. And write it in as you go. Do what I just did for you. Or if you're listening to this with your team, hey, that step's done. Now they will be able to speak the same language. And when we all speak the same language, here's what happens. In your team meetings, tasks are divided based on this classification. Your team is operating at achieving what is important, important, not just all the fires. Your team can speak to each other in a common language that everyone understands and cooperates more efficiently and effectively. And lastly, when you need help, when somebody else needs help, you have a language and a culture to make better efforts. Now, this is something that we did when we first learned this at my previous job, Academy. There was my leader, Kathy, who absolutely fantastic, and my teammates. We had Sam, Crystal, Kevin, myself. We were rocking and rolling, but we took this class and we found that we could be doing things better. So in our team meetings, as we started to talk about what it is we're working on for the week and where we need help, we would use the language. Hey, Kathy, this is Todd. Here's what I've got going on for the week. Here are my Q2 most important things I'm doing this week. And I've got a couple of Q3, some distractions I need to put on your plate because I need your help with. Kevin may spark up and you'll meet Kevin in a later podcast as we are still peers at iSpeak. Kevin would say, hey, Todd, I've got a Q1 for you. And I knew immediately that this was something both urgent, needed to get done now, and 
It wasn't just important to him. It was going to be important to me. We found that our team had a better language to understand each other, understand important and urgent, and we got better things done. Team, there are the three sections of what we can do, what tools at our disposal to help us get the right things done. Now, we do have a short article posted on our website, ispeak.com slash blog, that you can follow up with and read along with this podcast. Well, I guess it's too late for that. So go back and listen to it again and read along. That article was written by my leader, Russ Peterson Jr. Another favorite podcast of mine is The Art of Manliness. I know it says manliness. Women can listen to it too. Has a great blog post on the Eisenhower decision matrix. I highly recommend that. And then lastly, I I do want to speak up one last time for Franklin Covey. Uh, No partnership with them. I just want to give credit where credit is due. There are five choices to extraordinary productivity, a fantastic book, and a fantastic class. We at iSpeak do not offer a class on this. I recommend Franklin Covey for that, but please know we're always here to help. If you want to chat about it, if you need help getting started with it or or troubleshooting team communication in any way, please reach out to us at info at ispeak.com. That is the email where you can say, hey, listen to the podcast. Would love to talk about it. That's info, I-N-F-O at ispeak.com. I want to go back to only being on this planet for 31 years now. I've, I've only been alive at the time of this recording for 31 years. I learned this about six years ago, and it completely changed not only, not only what I do with my tasks, but it, it changed the way I view the world and how I build a culture to thrive in this world. Now, I am not perfect by any means. In fact, Listeners, the biggest reason we're doing this podcast right now, this is something that I wanted to give all of you to help 2020 get better, but I need 2020 to get better for me too. And this is something that I need to fall back on, get back to the basics of how to be accomplished. There are, there are definitely days where I'm slave to the fires or the emergencies or even the waste. And what's great about this is it's a common language and process to come back to to get that accomplished feeling. So listeners, as we wrap up, here is the information on a simple tool you can use to change your mindset and what you accomplish. I do hope, as always, I've given you some inspiration to try it. That's all I'm asking, try. Now comes your turn. If you decide to implement this new method Whether with your entire team or just yourself or even your family at home, implementing this with the information and inspiration you've received, well, that's what leads to your everyday improvement. Thank you so much for listening. Now, go feel accomplished.